scripture reading this morning is When he had come to Bethpage and Bethany at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why are you untying it, just say this, The Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They said, The Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. As he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. Now, as he was approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen. They were saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. This is the word of God for the people of God. Grace and peace to you, beloved. For any first-time guests in the room, my name is Amy Wilson-Feltz, and I am the pastor at Morningstar in Las Cruces. I regret that I am coming to you in this format once again. I have tested positive for COVID just this morning, so first of all, I want to say to everyone with whom I came into contact yesterday during the spring carnival I am so sorry. I thought I was dealing with some allergies, and I thought that because my youngest daughter, Olivia, has been struggling a bit, and we took her to the doctor earlier in the week, and it was determined that she was struggling with allergies. It was determined that she did not have COVID or flu or strep, and so when we were outside and I started to feel a bit uncomfortable, I thought, oh, I must be dealing with allergies but then I woke up this morning and felt worse and thought oh I think this might be something else so I took a test immediately and tested positive very quickly so that's where we are and again I'm sorry that I'm not with you and I apologize for any contact um, any exposure that you that you may have had with COVID-19 because of me I'm a pastor so I come into contact with a lot of people. I love my people, and I like to be around my people. And in this case, it may have placed you at some risk, and I do wish for your grace and pray for your wellness. And it's Palm Sunday, so I have prepared a Palm Sunday message that I would like to share with you. And I will, of course, quarantine for 
the next five days at least. I hope to be with you for some of Holy Week and at least for Easter Sunday, but the staff can certainly handle all of the beautiful services that we have prepared for all of you. So regardless, I pray for a meaningful Holy Week for our community. So I invite you now to take a deep breath. And let us pray. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts together be pleasing in your sight this morning, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. My seven-year-old son, Augie, is a collector. Not long ago, a good friend of mine saw a photo of Augie and remarked that the boy's hands are always full. You may have witnessed this as well. Augie is typically carrying around an overflow of toys or rocks or sticks or pipe cleaners, something that he considers to be a treasure. And he often leaves a trail behind him. That would account for the dozens of rocks that we find around the house. His collections also include sticks and leaves. He thoroughly enjoys parading around the house and the yard with branches. And so Palm Sunday is a great day for Augie, as you might imagine. It's also really well-timed excitement in the life of the church. During the current season of Lent, we have been engaging with passages of scripture in the Gospel of John, known as the Farewell Discourse, and we find those words of Jesus in chapters 14 through 17. The teachings in this text have served as our guide in the season of Lent as we have walked through the series called Rocky Ground, Walking with Jesus Through Rugged Terrain. Because Jesus walked everywhere. If we looked at a map that showed his final journey to Jerusalem, it would start in Capernaum in the north and go all the way down and then west to Jerusalem, to the holy city. When we talk about Jerusalem, we always say going up to Jerusalem because of the elevation. So on his way up to Jerusalem, Jesus is teaching and preaching and healing people and making a name for himself. And when he gathers in the upper room to celebrate the Passover meal with his closest friends, he takes time to help them understand what they have been experiencing with him. And these are great lessons for us too. Because as we have studied the words of the farewell discourse, we've been reminded that walking every day with Jesus teaches us how to cultivate peace in experiences of turmoil, how to remain connected in times of disconnection, how to claim the resiliency of joy in times of sorrow, and how to build unity in the midst of great division. And so that brings us to today, to Palm Sunday, and to the arrival of Jesus in that holy city of Jerusalem. 
The version that we read from Luke this morning includes mystery and fanfare and a cryptic statement from Jesus about rocks crying out. This all means, of course, that the journey is not over. In some ways, it is just beginning for Jesus and for us. We have a long week ahead of us as we walk with Jesus on the rocky ground to the cross. And if we truly engage with our hearts and our minds and our souls, our observances of Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday this week will have us nearly holding our breath for some good news on Easter Sunday. And we will get there. But first, we must step into Palm Sunday. It's typically a festive day in the church when the little children parade through the worship spaces with their hands full of palm leaves and their voices full of praise. The waving of the palms commemorates what has come to be known as Jesus' triumphal entry into the city. Now remember, the people knew Jesus was coming. He had been preaching and teaching and healing and stirring up rumors with his actions that this man, this carpenter's son from Nazareth might be the savior, might be the savior for which the people of God had been waiting for generations, the Messiah. The word Messiah means anointed one, the one who has been set apart to save the people. And remember the Hebrew people were living under Roman occupation. They had longed for freedom, and many of them expected that freedom to come from a military leader, a warrior king who would liberate them from injustice. So when he arrived into Jerusalem, the crowds treated Jesus as such. First of all, he showed up riding a colt, a young donkey, like a picture coming straight out of the prophecy from Zechariah. Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you triumphant and glorious, humble and riding on a donkey on the colt, the foal of a donkey. (coughs) Pardon me. The signs are there that this Jesus would be a different kind of king one that would choose to ride on a donkey as a sign of humility rather than on a powerful horse, but the people still greeted him as a victorious royal warrior. The people in the crowds threw their outer garments on the ground, a traditional way to welcome the royals home from war. Other versions of the story tell us that they waved palm branches as a sign of victory. And they shouted, at the top of their lungs, full of hope and expectation for their own liberation. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. These words of praise had been sung by the people of Israel for generations, for centuries, as part of an ancient hymn that is known to us as Psalm 118. The description is so vivid that we can almost place ourselves at the scene. We can imagine that it was loud, very loud. The energy of the crowd was pulsing. Jesus was on the verge of starting a riot simply by showing up. Why? Because the people 
Hi, Augie. As you can see, my family members are beginning to wake up this morning. Let's try that again. Jesus was on the verge of starting a riot in Jerusalem simply by showing up. Why? Because the people were desperate for things to change and because they believed that Jesus could bring that change. They were hearing it in his words. They were seeing it in his actions. Something powerful, something different. He was showing them how to walk the rugged terrain of life and their hopes were building that he would set them free from their pain altogether. <clears throat> Pardon me. Their hopes were building that he would set them free from their pain altogether. So they cry, Hosanna, which we are told in other versions is an expression of adoration or praise. It could be translated as save us. So they shout in praise, we are told, and the religious leaders, the religious leaders, not the Roman soldiers, tell the people to be quiet. And that's when Jesus says, I tell you, if these people were silent, even the rocks would cry out. Even the rocks. This statement of Jesus is not simply a sharp comeback in the face of the religious leaders' demands. It's a reference, a reference point to another ancient hymn, Psalm 148, which calls all of creation to praise the name of God. To praise God's name alone, for the glory of God is greater than heaven and earth. Jesus' point is that all of creation is naturally oriented toward the praise of God. All of creation. Even the rocks. But why rocks? Of all parts of creation that Jesus could have named, why did he mention rocks? Why not something more beautiful like flowers or bright like the stars in the sky or life-giving like water because rocks are everywhere literally right under our feet and in the season of Lent inside of our shoes if we're choosing to participate in our community spiritual practice this year rocks can represent the difficulties that we face in this journey of life, they can serve as reminders that even our own hearts can be hardened by the things that we experience and the fear of experiencing worse. This is true in our own personal journeys, even right here in our community of faith, as we face the death of loved ones, the strain of illness, the stress of surgery, the loss of jobs, the challenges of caring for our children, our aging parents, our ailing spouses. It's true in the church, in the United Methodist Church, but also in the Western Church at large as we encounter division within our local communities, a decline in participation and shrinking resources. It's true in our own country as we wade through troubling economic situations, as we read daily reports of deadly violence against the vulnerable in our society as we grieve the suffering of those who are affected by natural disasters such as tornadoes. 
Beloved, our hearts, whether they are soft and tender or hard as rocks, are crying out for so many reasons these days. We are desperate for change. Much like the people in the crowds who welcomed Jesus into the streets of Jerusalem with cries for salvation, for healing. On this Palm Sunday, as we are walking in to Holy Week, I wonder, do we believe that Jesus has any power to bring change for us? Do we believe that Jesus can save us? Are we willing to let him do that on his own terms? To ponder these questions honestly, we first must identify the deepest cries of our hearts. So I invite you to consider, what is the deepest cry of your heart? What is the deepest cry of your heart? I really hope that you do not excuse yourself from this question, from this important inner work. Pardon me. Being able to answer this question honestly allows us to enter into Holy Week ready to be truly affected by the experiences of Jesus and his followers in our worship on Monday, Thursday, on Good Friday, and on Holy Saturday, so that as the sun rises on Easter Sunday, our hands are not full of things that no longer serve us, so that like my son, we leave a trail behind us not of destruction, but of signs of hope and of new life, so that we can follow the cries of our hearts down the path that leads us and others directly to the feet of Jesus, directly to the feet of Jesus, who continues to walk this rocky ground with us. Amen. Amen.